0: Check out a podcast network.
1: He's a Chicago sports broadcasting legend. The other has spent a lifetime walking into Las Vegas casinos and, and taking, taking your, your money. money. Check Copic. Harvard Hallis Barnhard. This is Vegas
0: Uncensored. He is above and beyond a Las Vegas legend. Who am I talking about? You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one, the only, the pride and joy of Las Vegas Boulevard, Harvard Hollis Barnhart. I'm Jet Coppock. Hey, for all you point spread players, believe me, you have come to the right place. You want to get educated. You want to take down your man. You have arrived at the proper location. Now, uh, Mr. Barnhart, uh, right at the top, Texas El Paso, 24 consecutive years of season-ending losses. <laughs> An almost incredible trend. 24 consecutive years. Nevertheless, they're minus one. They're one-point favorites against Marshall. What do the smart guys know that we don't know?
1: I tell you what, uh, I didn't even realize that any team could lose the last game of the year 24 times in a row. Now, Marshall... I don't know if they're trying to trap you. Uh, I'm going to look into this because I think it's pretty interesting that now it's gotten a lot of press. Uh, a lot of more people are hearing about it. Uh, I don't know if the bookmakers have heard about it or the, or the public's heard about it, but Marshall's bringing in, they, they have a pretty good team, but they've got some key injuries. And this might be the year that UTEP, because when you start looking at trends and angles and those are all published uh, for the public and that's where they get their information, you know, all of a sudden they'll read something like, Hey, Chet. This team was 0-9 the last nine times against the spread when they have played on Tuesday afternoons following a Monday night uh, game that was played at 4:45. Uh, I mean, you know, they come up with the dumbest trends I've ever heard. Well, this one's a pretty legitimate trend. The last time, I mean, you wouldn't think you would treat your parents that way that come out to see your last game or seniors uh, when they're graduating and playing for 24 consecutive seasons, losing it. I think this week they put it to bed and here Again, you're only asking them to win the game. They're favored by one. If they were favored by 10, you know, or getting 10, I mean, they could cover the spread, uh, but not win the game. You know, there's all kinds. But I think they're going to go out there. The bookmaker's going to say, hey, let's put a season ending end uh, to this. Uh, this is a an anomaly or something, uh, but uh, UTEP, 24 season ending games. I say they break the streak.
0: Meanwhile, my friend, uh, up top, National Football League level, third consecutive week, if you were on the dogs, you made money. They went 8, 5, and 1. That, that surprised you? Well, no, not at all.
1: Uh, what happened was in week 7, the biggest black Sunday, uh, in the history of NFL football, and that's when almost, uh, I think the favorites were like 10 and 3 and 1 or something like that. Uh, it was, uh, they had, they actually had sports Book managers, the odds makers lined up at Hoover Dam, ready to jump. It was absolutely the day that people did not want to come to work on Monday, knowing that their boss was ready to fire them. And they're going to blame uh, the numbers. They're going to blame. They're not going to blame the public at all. And let me tell you something: Vegas doesn't care. They don't care when they say you better win money for this department. You better find a way to win. And when you got to go and look at the CEO or the casino manager and say, "Hey." You know that little sports book uh that you uh, think doesn't make or break you? Well, it just broke us. We just lost uh you know 3 million dollars. Well, uh the odds makers took notice and then in week 8, 9 and 10, all of a sudden they started moving the numbers and shading them towards the underdog so they would make the favorite Instead of laying 10, you're now going to lay uh, 10.5 and and 11. Instead of laying 12, you're going to lay 13.5 and and 14. And they're going to make the public pay for that uh, week seven. So the NFL is living by close games. Now, this past weekend was interesting, Chet. Twelve games last week were decided by eight or fewer points, tying a league record that has been matched seven times. And I think uh, most recently it was in uh, 2006. Now, the NFL said that uh, in 11 of the 16 games everybody had a shot to win in 11 of those games the score was tied or the team trailing had a chance to tie or take the lead with two minutes left to play now how would you like to be holding tickets of all the underdogs and 11 of the 16 oh. games you've got tickets that are, are you know you could cash uh, taking the underdog with under two minutes to play so 11 games were decided by seven or fewer points tying the mark for the third most in NFL history, trailing week 15 of 1993 and week 12 of 2003. The eight games decided by three or fewer points was the most in one week since week six of 2006. So. I think with that and the bookmakers moving the numbers around to make the favorites pay the price, make the public pay the price, they finally leveled off and we can uh, get some uh, real good football betting for the rest of the year. And I'll tell you another thing. I believe it's a hundred. Uh, don't quote me. I think it's 122 and 122 the over and unders this year that the odds makers have put up. I think there's been exactly 50/50 uh, have gone over and 50/50 have gone under. Amazing, the numbers that they put out.
0: So ultimately, once again, we are left with the gospel according to Las Vegas. It's not about the ballgame. It's not about the two teams. It's about the public perception of the two teams.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I'll tell you what, what's your public perception talking about a game that goes on uh, Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, when we think of Detroit playing on a Thursday, we think of, uh, you know, they put the game out early so you don't, you know, they don't want to put it up after you've eaten your turkey because it might get uh, regurgitated. But uh, uh Detroit, oh, by the way, did you see the Silver Dome yesterday was sold? Do you know how much they sold the Silver Dome for yesterday? What? $583,000.
0: That's incredible. That's the, whole, unbelievable. the whole dome. The property alone has got to be worth over a million
1: bucks. My house is worth more than that. Are you kidding? I couldn't believe I could. I, I, I can't imagine waking up and saying, that, hey, honey, uh, you want uh, this half a million dollar house or uh, the Silver Dome? And they're the same price.
0: I'll give you know, you a what funny is one.
1: going on in Detroit?
0: I'll give you a funny one on my side. Everybody talking about uh, the fact that Charlie Weiss, you know, will not stay out in uh, Northern California to recruit, as has been his uh, custom the past several years. Jack Swarbrick, the Notre Dame AD, was on with my buddy Dave Juday on WLS Radio. This was on Tuesday. And they were taping Jack's show to run on Saturday morning. And Dave, being a, a damn good reporter, said, you know, is, is Charlie going to remain in California to recruit? And Swarbrick said, no. I mean, he was very candid, he said, no. He's coming back to the campus. That's, that's how the story broke,
1: Hollis. Well, he's coming back to the firing squad.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, he's coming back to, uh, you know, face, uh, 30 years to life.
1: Well, yeah, but they're paying him $18 million, uh, you know, so that's a pretty good sentence, uh, but anyway, what they're saying is, Charlie, we don't need any more of your recruits. Thank you. Come back. That way yeah. we can cut you a check and, uh, dismiss it. Anyway, Thanksgiving Day, is coming up, and we got a couple games we might want to talk about for tomorrow. Have you got your lineup there yet,
0: Chad? Yes, I do indeed. And the one thing I know about Thanksgiving Day, once again, the, uh, the gospel according to uh, Barnhart, it is the biggest day of the year, the biggest day of the global year for three-team parlays. Absolutely
1: everybody I guess because they have the day off there's only three teams to choose from they've actually added an extra uh, NFL game so it used to be the Texas game and then the other two Detroit and Dallas and everybody would make three teamers and then maybe they'd go to work on Friday and then there's a zillion games on Saturday and Sunday but for only parlays these guys to. The, you know everybody just likes to parlay on Thursday so it's the biggest uh, day for three-team parlays. And I'll tell you right now, Chet, the public is going to be all over Green Bay because they can't stand uh, how Stafford looked uh, for Detroit. Uh, they're going to be all over Dallas because they just always bet Dallas and Oakland. Who did they just beat, Uh uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. And, good. and, and that was at home, but usually the following week, uh, Oakland, uh, what are they gonna do? And I know for a fact, and this is gonna be my biggest play of the day, is gonna be to take Denver, because Denver has now lost four games. And even another thing, when they were winning f- the first six games, the public was never sold on that team. Not like when Indianapolis was 6-0 and or when New Orleans was 6-0 and and everybody was betting with both fists. They actually were betting the other side a lot of those Denver games. No one was sold on it. Then they lost four straight, and if you notice, New York Giants... Maybe or maybe not put it together when they blew out uh, Atlanta last week. So there is uh, a match made in heaven. I think Asteroid hits Earth on this one. And the Giants, that late game, knowing all the people that have lost on the Detroit game and the Dallas game, they're all going to be pulling the trigger on that big favorite, the New York Giants. So if you're going to be taking Denver, make sure you bet it late. Right now, the line is six, and I guarantee you that line will go off at seven points, grab the seven. That way, if it goes into overtime, you can uh, cash ticket without even worrying about that stupid run back for a touchdown that every once in a while happens. But Denver is going to be the play. They can actually expose the slowness, if I guess you might say, of the secondary of the Giants. Denver's not the quickest team, but they can exploit some of that. And uh, I believe that uh, Josh McDaniels, a great coach, I think he's going to be around for years and years and years and go down as one of the better coaches in, uh, in football. I think he'll turn his team around. They're playing at home, and I don't think the Giants are capable of laying seven points
0: on the road. But basically, once again, Harvard, the subliminal message I'm picking up from you is this. The public is in love with favorites. It's Absolutely. a holiday. It's a holiday. So in the morning, the old man's going to wake up, He's going to read his newspaper, he's going to watch ESPN, he's going to hear people rave about the Giants, he's going to hear people rave about Eli Manning to the point that he wouldn't he wouldn't even dream of thinking what kind of point spread value he's going to get with the Broncos. I guarantee you, he
1: doesn't even know that Chris Sims is probably going to start for Denver. He has no clue. All he knows is the Giants, the Giants, the Giants. And plus, it's a big East team. Uh, people from the back East, they're all going to be in love with their, uh, New York Giants play. And Denver just, uh, it's not a good sell. So, uh, the bookies know it. They're going to make the, I guarantee you, they made the line. It should have been three and a half. They made it six and the public bought into it. They're hooked, line sinker, and they're going to drive it up to seven.
0: Hey, my friend, and, uh, you know what? Sunday night, this is this is nuts. You know the Bears Sunday night, this past Sunday night, or make it uh, was it Sunday or Monday for heaven's sakes. Anyway, they they get um, they get knocked off once again.
1: The, the Bears, Bears, Bears were Sunday
0: night the, yeah, the the Titans, were night. the Titans and Texans were Sunday uh, night. Titans and Texans were were Monday night. The right. Bears have now you know dropped three games in prime time, and in all three ball games, Jay Cutler has looked pathetic. Now that being said. Here go the Bears on the road up to Minnesota in the Humphrey Dome to play, you know, Brett Favre, who right now, right now, in my opinion, Harvard, the National Football League MVP award is Brett Favre's to lose. But that being said, I think anybody laying 11 on the Vikes against the Bears is crazy. This game, going back to my point, it screams point spread value, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I think Chicago didn't they beat in Week Two on prime time Pittsburgh.
0: They beat Pittsburgh, yeah.
1: Right. Okay. This isn't prime time, but the 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 game did get moved to a 4:15 uh, Eastern start because of Favre. So they did put it in a prime time as far as TV coverage. Now, when you think of laying 10, 11, 12, 13 points, you got to think of the most dominating team out there playing one of the uh teams like Oakland, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Cleveland in that mismatch. Chicago is definitely not there. They're a much better team than that. Uh I think that uh, Kyle he lost a little confidence uh somewhere in the last few weeks and that's why he was overthrowing the ball all week long. But this guy's a very very good quarterback. Minnesota has benefited. Do you realize that Minnesota's record this year they've only beaten Two teams that have had a record that's better than 50 uh, percent wins—they've uh, had the worst, uh, or the easiest schedule of anybody in the NFL—and I'm not saying that they wouldn't be uh, exactly where they are had they played a little tougher teams. They just wouldn't have been blowouts. But they've got the odds makers have got the Brett Favre syndrome. They're playing at home. They got Adrian Peterson. They got a pretty good defense uh, with Allen. They're showing him uh you know sack, sack, sack. And everybody forgot about the Chicago Bears because of how they bad they've looked, but they're still giving them eleven points with a division rival. There's not a shot in the world that Minnesota's going to cover this line. I mean, right. unless, you know, some fluke happens, but you're getting let's put it this way, Chet, you're getting tremendous value on this game.
0: You know, ultimately Harvard, that's that's the gospel. That we're we're trying to educate people about is look for point spread value. You got the Bears, they've been embarrassed. Jay Cutler just needs one good touchdown throw to regain his confidence. He's going up to Minnesota. The Vikings right now are on cruise control. They don't play a big ball game, for heaven's sakes, until January. The division has already won. The division has already won. So, I mean, this is not a big game for the Vikings of bears in terms of embarrassment trying to regain self-respect this game is big time
1: well I think that uh, you know it's it's big time even if they were out of it because there's nothing better than to knock off Favre and get some uh, publicity doing that but this is not a bad uh, bears team uh, you know I see nothing wrong with uh, the way they're playing but I don't care about how they play uh, I care about if the line is offering value and can they cover the spread they might have to face their coach and the owner and the fans and, and everybody in Chicago, uh, if they lose, because if they lose 24 to 21, they still put the L up. Me, I'm going to be thinking, wow, the Bears are great. I just cashed the ticket. So it's a different perception. So I look for value and there is a tremendous amount of value. Now, one last thing on value. If I took a hundred teams, Why would anybody care what those teams were? If I can win 70 of them because I bet teams with getting great value, that's all I want to do. On the opposite thing, if I reversed it and I started laying all those points, I'm only going to get 30%. I'm going to be dead broke. And after 100 games, I'm not going to remember who broke me. I'm just going to remember that I made some bad bets. So. What you want to do is look for value. I can't win every game, but if I can win 7 out of 10 because of the extra value, that puts me far and away better than the guy that doesn't look for value and only wins 6 out of 10. And that seventh game, that 70%, that puts me
0: in a big, huge mansion out here in Vegas. You know what? It's always intrigued me, Harvard. As you know, if you can win at a rate of 56% on football, you're going to make a hell of a lot of money. 50, well, fifty-two 56. point
1: fifty-two point four. So let's just round it off. 52.5% is what you need to overcome the 10%. So anything over that. So let's say uh, people don't like to hear 60%, but if you hit 60%, oh my that means out of 100 games, 60 win, 40 lose. So forget the juice for a second. That means you're 20 games up. If you're betting $1,000 a game, you're up $20,000. I mean 60% is incredible, but look at 70, 70, 30, 40, so that way you double it. And it's just incredible how much money you can make by looking for that added value and not going out there saying, oh, I've got to hit 75% or 80% or anybody can hit 70%. 70% is a very tough number. In fact, in the uh, Las Vegas Hilton contest, they give a $150,000 bonus for anybody that can hit 60, I believe it's 62% for the season.
0: That's incredible. It once is again, incredible. Once again, the man is the gospel. He knows Las Vegas Boulevard like nobody else. Harvard, uh, let me be the first to wish you a uh, Merry Christmas and uh, a joyous 2010 as we continue to uh, explore the, uh, the vibrations of two very, very dynamic worlds. Las Vegas, Nevada, and Gamble. Gamble. You you (laughs) gotta love it.